Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion, theater, and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. And I'm Kate Seinard. Today on the podcast, we're doing a host question and answer. We'll be answering all the burning questions you've sent us in the past few weeks, or at least some of them. We'll be sharing a lot, including what's giving us our sojo this week, and then we'll ask you to share something too. Before we jump into the questions, though, I'm sure you've all noticed that Amanda's not here. She had something come up, and so she's not able to be with us today, which is a big disappointment because she was really excited about this episode, but we're going to power through without her. Yeah, and we are, uh, the next time she records with us, we're definitely going to, she's not off the hook for some of these questions. Oh no, we're saving some questions for her. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll ask her um, some of the burning questions uh, that come up, so um, well, I'm excited to, to ask her those, but oh, yeah. yeah, how are you doing? How was your weekend, Kate? Uh, it was pretty amazing, because I made shoes. <gasps> oh yes, I know, I got this message, uh, you sent it to Amanda and I, uh, you're like, next time you're in town, we have to do this. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you'd love doing it so much. It's just it's just such a fun time. It was really oh. mellow, really cool. It was surprisingly not that hard. And uh, wow, I just really? came out of it feeling so happy and excited and pleased with myself. And I it was just it was a great day. And I would love to share that with you and Amanda at some point. Oh, Totally. Well, I think um, my neck, my year ahead, my 2020, it includes um, a lot of travel, a lot more than uh, 2019 trips to uh, film and in Colorado. So we definitely need to. Spend yeah, we'll that. figure it out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you doing? I'm doing good. My weekend was just nice and uh, relaxing. Julian and I went couch shopping, you know, married life couch shopping. It was really, yeah. Oh, just the bunnies have just destroyed our, our couch. It's just something Aww. about that. Yeah. So we have a cover on it. And so we just thought um, we need to we need to get a new couch because we never yeah. were, you know, that stage in your life where you can't, this is like our second couch. that's just been a hand-me-down, you know, when you get your first yeah. place. Oh, yeah. And oh, so we've never bought a couch before. And so we just thought we'd bite the bullet. But <laughs> it's, it's fun. so funny what, what suddenly gets you about uh, being an adult. I know. I, uh, couple of weeks or just before Christmas we got a new toilet and I was so <laughs> shocked at how excited I was to have this new toilet that flushed less water and better and I was like I am such an adult now. How did I, this happen? I know I never thought that when that my younger self oh, just would think that spending money on a couch would just be oh I'd, there's so many other things I'd rather spend my money on but uh, you know right. as an adult you're excited too and you just look for oh look for the things a lot of sitting up and down I wore nice comfy pants and you got to test the couches as if you were sitting you can't just perch on them I was laying down I had Julian sit on it because I usually like lay down like spread over him and I just uh -huh. uh, like I we had to you know you got to get in the and my hand sewing position I need to be able to hand sew on my couch if I'm gonna hand sew I need to be comfortable so it's <laughs> my weekend yeah uh, well it's important to try out all the couches because you really don't want want to make a mistake yes so that was couch talk uh this week <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should move on to some yeah, sewing i think we talk, should move on think? to some sewing questions <laughs> so <laughs> this is the question we got in from actually our survey that we that we did and i thought that we should uh, ask it for sure so um it's been asked there have been some changes with interweave press and i'm confused how these three gals seem to still work together because they seem to work for different companies now? Well, that is a great question. Yes. It's um, It was a little confusing for us too. I know. For a while I, was there. Like, I would like to know as well. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so about this time last year, we were all three employees of F&W Media, of which Interweave is a part. Um, and unfortunately, F&W went into bankruptcy and that's that's public knowledge, mm -hmm. and there was um, there was an auction for different parts of the business because it was a pretty big business, and uh, the craft group, which includes sewing, was picked up by a company that was established called Golden Peak Media, which is where we work now, and all three of us had our employment brought over. Um, and Meg, do you want to address the Berta situation? Yeah, so through that process, um, before F&W Media had a joint venture with 
Berta and they uh, Berta has now taken back um operate all operations of the site so i'm not very involved i still do some um contract work for them but now i'm uh i'm an employed with you you girls at golden peak media and so now i'm just doing a lot more work with the magazines and stuff so um so basically i still kind of work for both but i'm just i'm not doing nearly as uh, um, i'm not nearly as involved but there's still um some work that's why we can still host Berta Style Academy, that's still a part mm-hmm. of Golden Peak Media. So there's some uh, licensing for for the Berta patterns and uh, on that. So and then I, I'm involved in that with Golden Peak. So that hopefully that explains some confusion uh, to that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're all employed by the same company. Yeah, and it's actually really cool to have Meg working a little bit more on the magazines. Yeah. She did a little bit for us mm-hmm. before, but now she's more involved, and it's really it's really cool having her more mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, it's been really awesome learning um, about kind of a new brand and print processes because I was so um, on the digital side um, when I was involved with BertaStyle.com, and I was doing – my day was just uh, – made up purely of working on that site and now it's kind of switched to just doing a little bit on the side and then really working magazine and all all that stuff so i i really love it it's really really awesome so yeah okay next question is there a particular part of the sewing process that bores you and how do you make it fun or get through it well, I've been vocal in the past that hand stitching is very boring, and hopefully on my new comfy couch, that will get me through it. <laughs> oh, and also changing uh, the threads of sergers and machines, mm-hmm. that yeah. is probably, I, I do hate that because it's it's just, I hate it. But what I do to get through it is I just do it before, I don't, I don't know. I do it before. If I know that I'm going to be sewing the next day, I try and do it the night before. Or, and then it just motivates me to sew. I'm like, oh, it's already done. I can just jump into it. So I just try and do it, you know, the night before or at a, you know, different time. Yeah. But, yeah. I, sometimes it stops me from starting a new project when exactly. I know I have to change my thread first. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. so uh, yeah, I can totally see that for me. Um, we all know I hate gathering, and I don't know why. Oh. I just find it super <laughs> tedious just sitting there pulling and trying to get everything evenly spaced. And I don't know. It's just blah. Um, I also, I, I'm i trying to get better at it, but I'm just not a big fan of taping together uh, digital patterns. I just, I'm oh. always kind of stressed about matching up the lines, and usually I'm bending over a table that's too short, so my back hurts. And right. But of course, you can't do the project until you get that done. So, you know, you just got to power through it. And uh, yeah. Of course, the worst, I have to say, sorry, Meg, it's when you're working with a birder pattern and you have to add ah. the seam allowance. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like, I love doing that. I, I love getting up my rulers and drawing. I don't know. Yeah, you're weird. I, like I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> I, oh, gosh, I hate it, especially because the, pa- the pattern pieces are always slightly too close together. So you always have to tape in some extra paper behind because the, yes. the seam allowances yeah, will cross that, over. And mm-hmm. ugh, I just like, if it was just adding the seam allowance, I think it would be less annoying than having oh. to do all the rest of that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. So another question that we got is, is there anything you won't sew? Oh, is there anything I won't sew? I mean, I'm willing to give most things a try. Um, I... I'm not a fan of sewing. I have in the past sewn uh, sequin fabrics and um, lames, lots of shiny, mm-hmm. fancy fabrics. And um, I would avoid doing that again as much as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. And there are many things that I don't sew. Um, I think, actually, you know what? I I think I won't sew a wedding dress because that's too ah, much stress on me. It's too um, much. To, it's just, it's too, it's too much. Yeah, so well, there we go. If yeah. any of you were going to ask me to sew your wedding dress, I'm not going to do it. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking. I was like, hopefully you won't have to be in the position where you might need to sew your own again. <laughs> no, I'm going to buy my own <laughs> if I have to. Oh, jeez. If I get married again, which I'm not going to, Mark, don't worry. I know, um, that's what I was thinking. 
<laughs> oh, geez, eh? Uh, for me, I wrote, I first initially thought, oh, no, there's nothing I won't sew. And then I thought about it, and I don't think I'll ever sew socks. I know there's some sock patterns out there. It just doesn't seem very, I don't know. Exciting. I just wrote that down. <laughs> it doesn't seem very exciting. And I would never sew with a fabric that I would be like, you know what? These would make great socks. So I just <laughs> wrote down socks. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I, I have knit socks before and that was uh, fine. But yeah, I, I feel like, wait, where does the seam go? I Yeah. Wouldn't or like hurt gloves too. As well, I would never sew gloves with the, mm. the face. Maybe a mitten, but a glove. Like that just seems like a lot of un, like pivoting that I just don't yeah. want to do. You know, I, I'm interested enough in cosplay that I probably would sew gloves, but not like gloves oh, for right. warmth. More uh, like yes. gloves for style. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. I'm going to pull something off the list now. How mm. old were you when you had your first machine? Um, I was 13 when I when I got my first machine. That was a one of the best Christmases ever. Thanks, Santa. <laughs> yeah, I think you've talked all- about that machine before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I, I think I was in college at some point. Um, probably I was around 20 or 21. Um, I didn't get my own, my machine, which is still my my primary machine, uh, is a hand-me-down. It was my mom's before my before it was mine. Um, I was, she, she got it about the same time she got me, so it's about the same age as I am. And she started quilting when I was um, in my freshman year of college. Once I was out of the house, she picked up her new hobby, and eventually she ended up getting a new machine for that. Oh, um, and so then she didn't need her old singer anymore, and so she offered it to me. Uh, and I think I'm not sure I actually took it until I started doing my costume construction classes, which was a little bit later, but just by a year or two. So I don't know the exact age, but it was somewhere around there. Nice, that's yeah. a good age to getting into it for sure. Definitely, yeah. Um, Oh, I like this question. Um, when you are gifted old fabric, how can you tell what it's made of or the type of fabric? So I'm not sure I've ever actually been gifted old fabric, but I oh, still no. <laughs> have an answer to this because oh. I did a I did a, a class on this oh, um, nice. a couple years ago. Um, you can do there are several tests that you can do mm-hmm. to figure out what fabric is i'm sure you know all this meg but this is all for the listeners oh yeah um, no i know <laughs> i'm nodding like oh yeah so there's so there's the burn test is kind of the first place mm-hmm. to go you you take a scrap of the fabric and you burn it um obviously use some tweezers or tongs or something and you and have something unflam inflammable underneath the uh, the thing that you're burning um, but depending on how it burns how what the colors are um, what it smells like when it burns how fast it burns you can usually tell the general gist of what the fiber is like if it's a natural fiber mm-hmm. like if it's a cotton or linen if it's a plant fiber it'll go up pretty fast and orange um, and it'll smell like burnt plants. Um, If it's a wool or silk, it tends to um, burn a little bit slower Mm -hmm. um, and it smells like burnt hair. Uh, If you have a polyester, it will melt, not burn. Um, so it's it's actually really interesting um, mm-hmm. looking at the burn test. You can also try out a couple other things like acetone. Uh, acetate will dissolve in acetone. So if you think you have a piece of acetate, you can put it in a piece in a little bit of acetone nail polish remover, and if it melts <laughs> um, over the over you know about twenty four hours, you've got acetate. Um, so for more information on that, there are plenty of places on the internet that tell you these yeah. kind of details. But it's really fascinating, actually, trying yeah. to do fabric identification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really good um, article um, on the Seamwork website that I'll link to. That it's it's really good. I think there is even a video too. But yeah, definitely a burn test is the way to go. Um, but what I usually do is the sniff test. I just sniff it. No, I just no, <laughs> no, because I'm just saying because I love the smell of old mm-hmm. fabric. I don't. I think I've said this before, but I just oh, I love it. It's just you can just I don't know what it is, but 
Well, and I think I think too, if you have enough experience, that oh, yeah. actually works. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you, you start to learn. Like, especially, I always notice. Um, uh, a few years ago, actually, I remember pressing some dupioni uh, dupioni silk, mm. and um, it had a really distinct uh, smell yeah. when I pressed it. And I I remember thinking, okay, this is what dupioni smells like when it's being pressed. And I think you get the same like linen. I think has a kind of distinct yeah. smell when yeah. it's being pressed. And mm-hmm. so yeah, there are some there's some smell elements too that yeah. you can pull out there. Great question. That was a great question. That was fun to talk about. <laughs> um, next question. How do you keep sewing fun since it's also your career? Or does sewing feel more like work than play? Huh. Well, it depends on the type of sewing. I know right now what I'm going um, through since I'm prepping for a film trip, sewing mini mm-hmm. step outs and samples, that definitely feels like work sewing. But I, I'll be yes. honest. Yeah. <laughs> Sample, samples always feel like yeah, work. Yeah, <laughs> samples always feel like work sewing. But sometimes they are still, like, it It depends. It's It honestly just depends on my mood that day. If I'm in a sewy mood, then everything is fun. Like, it could be, I could just be sewing stitch samples or something, and that would be fun. Um, but, yeah, it is kind of interesting, yeah, because it's, it's hard to even, for me, justify sewing something that I don't just make into work, because I don't know, so... Yeah, but it's all fun because I just love sewing, and that's what made me have this career. So I guess that's always good. But definitely, there are those days where you, I force yeah. myself to sew, and it isn't fun. But you have to. <laughs> yeah, and, and definitely, like I said, the the samples can be a real pain, especially if you have to make the same thing to different steps just yeah. over and over. It can get really tedious. Um, every once every once in a while. I get something that feels like work. Most most often, we're able to take the sewing that we're doing for work and somehow make it into something that we're excited yeah. about doing. We either get to try out a new technique or we get to keep it after we're done so we can pick our favorite fabric mm-hmm. and patterns we like. So, like when we do our pattern reviews, that's always a benefit to doing that. Um, every once in a while, it's like, okay, I have been assigned to make this skirt out of this fabric, yeah. which I do not like, in this size, which I cannot wear, which will go on a model. And that that's when it's work, when it's just like, okay, I've, I've just got to make this and that's what I've got to do. Um, but I think that that's pretty rare. I think we're lucky in that way. And so... I think we get through it by just remembering that the next thing we get to sew is going to be something for ourselves, either whether it's for work or just for fun. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. Next question. How often do you three meet up for either um, planning podcast planning or either social? So how much, how often do we meet up? Not often enough. <laughs> Not often enough, exactly. <laughs> so um, as we've mentioned plenty of times, Meg lives in Toronto and Amanda mm-hmm. and I live in Colorado. Um, Meg travels out here to our uh, studios to film uh, maybe a few times a year, Yeah, I think is kind of how we maybe two or three. So we always try to make a point of um, taking an evening to go and have some drinks and hang out and just yeah. enjoy each other's company when she's here. And of course, we're going to take that uh, shoemaking class as soon as oh, we can. Totally. Yeah. As soon as we could get the opportunity. Um, but of course, we're constantly in contact outside of you know, not really face-to-face contact, but we're constantly in contact. We have um, messenger apps on our uh, computers, and we're basically constantly just messaging back and forth. Um, Amanda's in her office, and I'm in my cube, and and Meg is in Toronto, and we're all just having conversations all the time. I, yeah, so you it's, can feel like you're really just in the same space. Uh, that's I, the great thing about technology, too. Yeah, now, the, we're, we're kind and, of in the same virtual space pretty much constantly. So. Um, not often enough and also all the time is kind of how the answer goes I know, there. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the podcast, we don't, we have actual meetings about the podcast uh, occasionally, but most of the time we're just, we're just messaging back and forth saying, hey, who wants to be the lead on this section and who wants to do this part and how do you feel about doing this, this part and, you know, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, there was another, um, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't as much as a question as it was a statement. And maybe we'll have to plan for this when I am down in uh, Colorado, maybe in Denver, if we have a lot of Denver listeners, they said, I'd love a sew and tell meetup. So that would be kind of fun. That if would we, be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? We could connect with any listeners that are around there. Um, maybe I could even host one in Toronto too. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think there's a bunch of Toronto listeners as well. So yeah, yeah maybe I, yeah, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a recommendation from a Toronto listener the other day when I was talking about my shoes, about a shoe <gasps> workshop Ooh. in Toronto. So oh, she's like, if you're ever visiting Meg, you should go to this. And I'm like, oh, well, that awesome. sounds like... It's right up my alley. So maybe we'll all come to you and do shoes. Yes. Canadian made shoes. (laughs) Canadian shoes. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's see. One thing you wish you knew when you first started sewing. Ooh. I don't, you know what? I don't really, because kind of, the fun of it was just figuring it out as I went. I I think I didn't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Actually, I know. So I know how to answer okay. it for me. So Perfect. I'll answer for me. And then if you have any thoughts. Um, uh, what yeah. I wish I knew when I first started sewing was that it's okay if it's not perfect. Because uh, yeah. the, my, the person who really taught me how to sew did not have that opinion. Um, and... Uh, and he was very, very um, adamant that things needed to be really perfect. And uh, it was for me, it was uh, really freeing when I discovered that <laughs> no, most people don't think that. <laughs> and yeah, right. most people aren't going to judge you if something's slightly off. So um, that that is what I wish I had known from the beginning. Nice. Did you have yeah. any ideas or are, is it just? I think I wish I just knew how much space it would take, I guess. (laughs) I when I started, I would literally sew on my bedroom floor. I don't know how I managed to pretzel myself into that position, but (laughs) I just always knowing that I would, you know, living in big cities too, that you Mm -hmm. just always need space and you need space to cut out fabric. You need to lay fabric on a flat surface, not covered with stuff. Yes. And oh. as much as you can do it on carpet, it's not fun. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, actually, that that reminds me, though, just yesterday, um, I had to rethread a machine while it was on the floor because we were filming and we had the other machine on the table. And that was I was like, oh, I can do this. This is easy until I got to the part where I actually had to thread the needle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh darn, <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> oh. So there's a little tidbit for everybody about the glamours of filming. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sitting on the floor, threading a sewing machine. Oh, my. Oh, I I know. Okay, so what do you do with muslins that don't turn out wearable? What do you do with memes that you no longer want to keep? And do you have any other major hobbies other than sewing? And how do you balance them? Oh, that's a lot of questions. I know. All right. One, what do I do with muslins that don't turn out wearable? Um, I have never made a muslin with the intent that it would be wearable. Um, Mm. I don't make a lot of muslins anyway. When I do, it's usually out of old bed sheets, and it's only the part that I'm worried about. So um, I think the most recent muslin I made was a... Um, was just the bodice of a ampere-waisted dress that I wanted to make sure fit right before I put on the skirt. So it wasn't really wearable in any form, and it was never meant to be. So um, I either reuse them, reuse the fabric if it's a big enough piece, or I throw it away. Um, mm-hmm. All right, what do I do with memes that I no longer want to keep? I guiltily stuff them in my closet and... Um, Try to forget about them. <laughs> um, I probably should should you know be brave enough to donate them or something, but I'm always like, but I handmade this. I need to keep it, or yeah. I need to fix it, or yeah. Um, I have a lot of other major hobbies. Uh, I think sewing is my primary one right now. Um, but as I mentioned, I knit, I crochet, I have been known to cross stitch, though I can't do that right now because my cat will not let me. She keeps trying to eat my thread. Um, I Let's see. I have several other crafts 
those were the three that really jumped to my mind. Um, Most of the crafts that I do that aren't sewing are things that I can do um, from a stationary place in a way that sewing isn't. Right. So when I want to be up and moving, then I sew. And if I don't want to be up and moving, if I just want to sit on the sofa and watch TV or something, that's when I do one of my other hobbies. And that's kind of how I keep them balanced. I also, because I'm lucky enough to work, because <laughs> I'm lucky enough to work in a craft-based business, I can take my knitting into meetings at work here and work on that. And nobody looks at me funny <laughs> because there are people high up in the company who do it too. That's so cool. I love that. I know. I feel I really just, lucky. Oh, because I can pay so attention nice. while my hands are moving, and it actually helps me focus better. Because oh, totally. Yeah. If if not if, um, yeah, I would just be like twirling. I usually sitting here when I'm on calls and just twirling my pen up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm a very I'm a fiddler too. <laughs> yeah, if I can be doodling knitting. or knitting, then <laughs> the knitting is better. How about you, Meg? Um, what do I do with muslins that don't turn out wearable? Yeah, I don't really make muslins. Uh, so, um, but sometimes when I, a project, I mean, this literally happened yesterday, working on a special project for So News, and I had, um, I'm bringing one of the samples, and I re I re-sewed it twice, reworked the pattern, and even, it was not even supposed to be a muslin, and it turned out very not wearable i just at what point i just had to scrap it and i'm thinking i'm just going to cut it up and use it for scraps and i just have to start again and now i like it even better than the first one so (laughs) oh so yeah that was that was fun (laughs) and what do you do with me maids that you no longer want to keep i actually i put them in a big um like plastic bag and when I have friends over and I think the last time that we did this um, Julian works with a lot of girls that are around um, my size and we just say have at it and so they go through the bag they're trying on and then they get to go home with something so I always let my friends rummage through and then I just donate uh, what's what's left over but it's always fun um, just to see other people just enjoy you know what I've made and I maybe have worn it a couple times and I just kind of it's a style that I don't want to wear anymore and Mm -hmm. they're just so uh, grateful and it's just they're just oh I have like I have something handmade and original and it's just it's really (laughs) it's really awesome so I love doing that yeah and then major hobbies I guess I really don't have Many, If you count watching reality TV as a hobby, I do that very well and very often. (laughs) (laughs) um, Like, I love all my Bravo shows. And when it's warm out, biking would be, I guess, a hobby. I love to go biking. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. And then I I guess one of the great things about my uh, watching reality TV, it kind of does balance with sewing because I can then do the boring sewing stuff and have that on in the back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's nice when you can have something interesting like a, a podcast or a audiobook yeah, or, sure. or a TV in the background that you can mm-hmm. kind of, especially if you're doing something that doesn't require a lot of concentration. Yeah. All right, Meg, this one is for you specifically. What Ooh. got you into bunnies? Ah, bunnies. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. My brother did have a bunny when we were young, but it was always his bunny and I never really, um, I was always, I always knew I wanted pugs. I was a, I had pugs growing up. My, my, mm-hmm. uh, my parents have a pug right now and I always wanted one when I was um, when younger and growing up. But when we moved to Toronto and I you know worked from home and I wanted a pet, but we weren't ready to commit to a dog yet. So we actually thought we were gonna get a cat. We thought maybe a cat would be nice. And so we went to the Humane Society and we just popped in the special species room and we saw bunny. It was just like love at first sight. They're just like, we got in these, this litter of giant bunnies. And they actually told us that people are scared of them. And we, Julian and I just looked at each other and we're just, we need a big bunny. And it's, <laughs> it really is just bunny got us into bunnies. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. And now we have two and oh, they're just I love them so much. Oh, they're so sweet. 
Oh yeah, and then, oh, now I have a question. I'm just, I, as I was mumbling, I'm just shuffling my papers. All right, so here's a question for you, Kate. I was gonna ask you, I'm like, what got you into bunnies, Kate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, bunny got me into bunnies. Bunny, as a, yeah, he was like a bunny mascot. Anyone that meets him is like, I want one. <laughs> Actually, that's not even true. I just lived in a lot of places where there are wild bunnies around. And so I <gasps> like to do, I, I just, I like to look at bunnies. I don't have any bunnies, but, I uh, I like them. Um, I like to look at them. I like to bunny spot. Um, <laughs> I think my record was like eleven bunnies in one day. It was a pretty good day. Oh, that's oh, there's this place. My dream vacation is there's this. I think it's in Japan. It's called Bunny Island, <gasps> I've and it's seen a, that. overpopulated with. I, that's like a dream vacation for for Julian and I. I mean, you see the videos, and it is you have to Google it if you want. It, it's, it's amazing. It's a, absolutely amazing. So next All right, question, but back to you, me. Back to back to Kate. <laughs> <laughs> What's what tips from sewing stage? Where do you bring to personal sewing, Kate? You know, um, in a lot of ways, sewing uh, costumes is not that different from sewing not costumes. In a lot of ways, it is different. <laughs> um, and a lot of them, a, a lot of the really un unique techniques don't really translate over, like quick rigging, um, which is, you know, preparing a costume for a quick change. Um, you don't really want something that's held closed with like a shirt that's held closed with Velcro in real life because then it's more likely to just come apart. Mm -hmm. You want the actual buttons. Um, but one thing I do still do that I learned in the theater, um, we always, always, the second step after cutting something out was to surge the edge of every piece, every mm -hmm. edge, every piece. Um, and that was just because um, theater costumes get a lot of heavy wear. Yeah. And depending on what, the costumes are, they also get a lot of washing. Um, some of the more fancy ones just get dry cleaned a lot. Um, but in any case, they have to be able to stand up and you really want to make sure that you don't have raveling going on. And so it was always just surge everything. And I still do that um, with everything that's not, I usually won't do it with knits anymore, but anything that's woven, I will surge every edge, though I have taken to if I know an edge is not is going to be completely enclosed like if it's a, a neck edge that's going to have a collar on it I won't I won't search that edge because the bulk is just a pain from the surging stitching mm -hmm. but other than that everything I do is uh, pre-surged and then sewn together normally and pressed pressed as if it wasn't and uh, I always think it's weird when someone says sew a seam and then finish the edge I'm like what why <laughs> yeah no I can't do that because I like to work with smaller allowances and then my sir I can't I might risk cutting right into the seam mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so everything I do is uh is pre-done so cool. that's the main thing that I bring over from that um but yeah other than that most of the things that translate are the same yeah so. cool should we take a quick break and then come back with the yeah. with a few more yeah let's do that cool okay and we're back and i think it's my turn to ask a question uh this one's a little freaky actually what would you do if you couldn't ever sew again oh my gosh that would be horrible <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh what would i do hmm it would make your job pretty hard. Mine too. Yeah, I would be broke. Uh, so <laughs> I'd have to. No, I would maybe. I know it's it's if I was younger, then I would go into more into like professional dance. Like I always was. I would have always loved to be in like Cirque du Soleil because uh, I am naturally like a flexible and uh mm -hmm. i would take gym and i've danced for like 19 years of my life uh so if i couldn't sew and i was younger i would i would be in cirque du soleil <laughs> <laughs> all right that, that or i would be as sense. if if i couldn't sew right now i would become a zumba instructor i've also even thought about doing that just on the side as well because <laughs> i love dancing nice. i like dancing too it's fun um See, what would I do? See, I asked you that and I didn't have oh, an no. answer for myself. Um, <laughs> I think, well, I mean, I would just spend my free time knitting and crocheting. Oh, right. I mean, the same things I, 
I did like when I had my a big sewing dearth in my life I still had plenty of things that I did and um, I mean technically I'm an editor so I'm sure I could find something to edit right. that wasn't sewing or I could keep editing about sewing even if I couldn't do the actual sewing so yeah um, I would keep crafting in some form just keep crafting just Good. keep crafting Okay, I'm dying to know this, Kate. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, mint chocolate chip. Oh my gosh, I was gonna say that. Were you really? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my ice cream buddies. We are ice cream buddies. <laughs> Close second for me is is um, I don't know if you have it in uh, America, but it's Mo- Moose Tracks in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you have that? Okay, love that. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, peanut. I love a peanut butter moment for my ice cream, but mint, Ooh, yeah, chocolate yeah. chip is, and obviously because it's green too. I mean, I always gravitate towards green yes. things. Uh, towards green things. Oh my well, gosh. And the ones with like the big chunks oh. of chocolate where that's not even like chips, where it's like chunks. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I even like a little bit of just some, my favorite ones are if they have a little bit of even chocolate ice cream swirl within the mint mm. yeah though that's really yeah. good um oh my gosh ice cream twins <laughs> <laughs> ice cream twins i think my cl- i think my second just because you know you did yes. yours what's your second um, i it's it's funny i have like four things in my head but i think in the end i'm going to go with a good traditional vanilla mm-hmm. um because then i will put I will put it over bananas and put chocolate chips in it <gasps> and then i am very happy oh like a little banana split yeah yeah, it's like a little, but it's it's just, it's it's not quite as many flavors mixing together. It's really just the chocolate and the banana and the vanilla, and I just really love it. We have, um, oh, when I was living in um, Oregon, they had they have uh, the Tillamook company is from Oregon, and they had this uh, wonderful ice cream which I could only get there. And now they've started selling it. A few years ago, they started selling it in my local store, and so I can get the Tillamook vanilla bean, and I'm. It's so oh, good. Yum. It's very problematic. Oh, now I just feel like ice cream. <laughs> I know. I know. Luckily, it's not too cold in here. Nice. <laughs> um, if you could only wear one outfit silhouette, what would it be? Oh, um, it would probably be... Um, it was kind of my uniform of summer. I'm loving a high-waist kind of wider leg cropped pant and then like a cropped mm-hmm. sweater top that i think that's comfortable for me i love a high waist but i like a cropped top so and then i like a wider leg so i would definitely go with that silhouette yeah i um i would probably go with a wide leg pant as well mm-hmm. though not necessarily high-waisted and not like really super flared uh, basically, I'm picturing um, the Pagosa pants because I love them. Oh, I love those. <laughs> and um, then sort of a probably a kind of tunic length, hip length um, top of some sort. It's kind of my kind of my preferred preferred look at the moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's kind of nice just to have a silhouette and then your patterns just kind of fall into it and you can mm-hmm. kind of more mix and match. You know, like it'll work and you can mix much colors and you always have uh, this set of tops that will always fit this set of pants and always look good proportion wise on you so yeah you know what i'm only making that silhouette from now on no i'm just joking no you're not i know i just do love it um yeah okay if you could only sew or wear three colors what would they be oh my oh that's hard so I think I would have to pick some sort of neutral, of course, because you've got to have a neutral. And I think it would probably be black for yeah. me. Because, um, I mean, you can do so much with black, and I don't like wearing white. And navy is just find, hard to find shoes that go with it. So, um, yes. And then I think I'd have to go with pink. Oh. Because I really wear a lot of pink and um and i just don't think i could survive if i couldn't wear pink or make anything with pink um and then i think let's see something that would look good with pink and black maybe blues yeah yeah blues are pretty pretty versatile i think 
you, mm-hmm. it's hard to find anything that won't go with some shade of blue. Yeah, that's true. Well, I picked black, white, and lime green. That's what I picked. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Because I just love those three together, and uh, I just yeah. I was gonna just say lime green three times, but then I and you you need some neutrals. I don't want to. Yes, dress lime like a, green, pistachio green. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, but if they had to be colors, if we're not. I remember in school, sometimes when you were younger, people would be like, what's your favorite color? And then you'd be like, oh, white. And then they would be, that's a shade, not a color. (laughs) (laughs) That was something always that would, uh, I don't know, just a little color. Uh, That's, (laughs) white's a color. (laughs) I know, that's what I'm thinking. But I would pick yellow. I love citrus colors too, like lime green, yellow, and orange. I think those are so pretty all together. I would would have trouble giving up yellow. I'm a big fan of yellow. Mm -hmm. I really like most colors in some form, so um, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Um, I'm going to pop back a little bit on our list here and ask you, what's your favorite fabric to sew with? Mm. I think just any type of knit. I was working with knits a lot yesterday and I just it just reminded me how much I love working with them. And they're just so soft and I was working with this beautiful mm. jersey. Uh, and even though it didn't work out, I had to remake it a couple times when I it was just nice and pleasant to work with and I just fell back in love with my cover stitch machine yesterday and I just love working with knits. So, that's my nice. answer. I um I have to say, I'm I'm beginning to pick up uh, Amanda's love of linen. Oh, uh, yeah. I sewed with a. I've been sewing a little bit with linens lately for various reasons, and man, that stuff presses so nicely. And of course, it wrinkles so much, but it's just it's so soft once you wash it a couple times, and it presses beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's easy to sew. Um, yeah, I'm I'm liking linen a lot right now. Love that. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe we'll just do like one or two more. I don't want this to run too, too long for you guys. Um, yeah, for sure. So we'll each and just like, ask one more. So last, all right, last sounds round. Sounds good. Okay. Um, favorite musical artist or band? That was one. It's kind of fun. Oh, um, hi, I'm a nerd. I like the Beatles. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> That is a great answer. I, I feel like I'm like I should be talking about somebody who didn't break up like ten years before I was born, but um, I really love the Beatles. I I love their early stuff. I love their late stuff. I just they're just fun. Hmm. For me, I don't honestly. I don't listen to music that much anymore. I just listen to podcasts. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's 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 hard for me to now find music. But yesterday, I was really in a Taylor, a Taylor Swift mood and I listened to basically her whole 1989 album and I was really into that so uh, nice. yeah I know I guess I, I guess that's her right now it was it was great <laughs> got me in that yeah, her stuff is fun. yeah it is really fun and I think this but Spotify really um, really knows me as well it just suggests that and I don't even know the artist uh, would if I just put them on discover weekly it really puts on uh, lots of cool stuff but aside from Taylor Swift though I do love Jamiroquai I always have loved that since my, it was one of my dad's favorite artists and yeah oh, nice. and it's it's in my favorite one of my favorite movies Center Stage it's about dancing and so yeah Jamiroquai I love Center Stage oh, that's a great movie such <laughs> a good movie awesome alright I actually think this is a good one for us to end on cool um this person says, I would like to match your voices to your faces Ooh. while I listen. Any suggestions? Um, I don't know. I'm the one that says like a lot. That's Meg. Hi, the redhead with, <laughs> <laughs> with bangs. Uh, I know. I ne- I'm sorry. I know I need to work on it. It's I, I'm trying to be more conscious of it. But that's me who says um and like. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I'm not sure if that was quite the answer. I, I'm, no, I know. Kate, I'm the <laughs> I, I'm the blondest of us, though I'm not particularly blonde anymore, though I was when I was younger. Um, and I'm the one who I guess says I'm a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the one with the cats. Uh, 
so if you go to um, our webpage, right. so daily.com, I believe there's some pictures of us there. Um, if you look at our show notes, we often add um, images of ourselves wearing some of the stuff that we made. And uh so and those are always labeled so you know which one of us it is and of course you can always run over to so daily tv and check out some of our courses and then you can see us um doing our doing our thing Mm -hmm. live and kicking yeah so i think i think those are probably the best ways for me the way i always see us is uh we have ads in so news and creative machine embroidery magazine and i always randomly turn a page and find me and peg and amanda all staring out at us (laughs) and uh that always makes me laugh but um so you can also find those on the on the magazine shelf and find us yeah that that shoot was fun i remember as a joke we're like let's do this like tower thing (laughs) we ended up being the (laughs) ad well, it's really oh, it's cute. So picture. cute! I know. Oh, <laughs> I know. I love. I I love that picture. Um, we. I think we need an updated shoot though. Next time I'm down to. Um, I, yeah, I, definitely. Which is coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, right? I have sewed some new stuff that I would love featured maybe in the ads, and I think I just need. We just need a new pose or something. Maybe we'll. Yeah. Yeah. Or we just recreate that same in just pose, different outfits. Oh my outfits. gosh, love that! <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. What? Yeah. Okay. Next, I think we're going to move on to oh, our Sojo segment. Yes. So, uh, Meg, why don't you start us off? Oh, sorry. Sojo is the thing that's giving mm-hmm. us our sewing mojo and makes us feel excited about sewing. Sorry, I always try to give an a. a explanation for what it is and I forgot today uh, so now Meg well my sojo is still working on film samples so that's taking up a lot of my um, a lot of my time but I'm trying to as per my resolution I want to just make one project and I'm making really good time uh, I have everything scheduled out and I think I'll have some time to sew something not for filming uh, and I want to make a pair of I have this camo camouflage fabric. I was gonna make it in a Zadie jumpsuit, but after feeling it, it was it was just too thick for a full on jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna make a pair of like camo cargo pants. I think, um, yeah. Oh, so kind of that's if I if I finish, I was kind of my motivation to film all my film samples. Then I get to make those, and then maybe mm-hmm. I'll bring them with me, and maybe I'll wear them on camera. They might go. I, try, I always try and match <laughs> what I'm wearing to the fabric that I'm sewing with for the samples. So I think it'll work for one. Yeah. That's smart. I'm not usually that on top of things. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kate? What's your sojo? Well, I'm, I, yeah, my sojo is still my new shoes. Oh, um, right. I'll, I'll put a picture on our show notes. I know yeah. if you follow me on Instagram, you've already seen them. They are freaking amazing. They are shiny pink and purple and some like iridescent white and I love them so much and I had so much fun making them. Uh, If you are in the Denver area or the Colorado area in general, I cannot recommend enough going to Colorado Shoe School. Um, The teachers are great. They're really interesting. They're really nice. They, uh, the class sizes are small so you get a lot of personal attention. Um, It was just, it was just the best day I've had in a long time and uh, you should really check it out if you have a chance. And also, cool extra thing they have a uh, old train car that they've converted into a tiny house which in warmer weather yes and it is so cute it is super cute and in warmer weather they will rent it out if you're there for classes so if you're not in the Colorado area still consider it because it really was just such a great experience I'm going to make sure I write about it and gush about it to everybody I can possibly think of because this really was one of the coolest experiences I've had in a long time. So um, that is, oh, and I want to make more shoes. Um, So yeah, (laughs) that's my Socho. (laughs) All right, and now it's time for our Sew and Tell segment. Um, Last episode, we asked you, what sewing challenge are you going to tackle in 2020? And since Amanda's not here, I'm going to kick us off by reading this comment from Kess Makes, who said, I have limited clothes storage at home, and it's full to bursting right now, so my aim is to only sew things for other people for the first six months of the year, and to continue my fabric buying ban until the end of (laughs) May, at which point I'll have gone a whole year, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um, I think those are great 
great challenges, great resolutions for yeah, sure. Yeah, really great. Mm-hmm. We have another uh, comment from Highland Dance Mom, and they said, several years ago, I made a pair of jeans and they were amazing. Then I completely lost my nerve and haven't made a pair since. (laughs) After just having bought yet another ready-to-wear pair of jeans that fit and feel all wrong, but uh, they were as good as I was going to get, I've decided that this year I'm going to gather up my courage and Get whatever's holding me back and conquer jeans once again. Victory and pants will be mine. Yes. Yes. I love Do that. it. Yeah. I know. Awesome. I bought a I bought a pair of ready to wear jeans uh a couple weeks ago and I was just like, I should have just made like you know what there was so I I'm tweak tweaking them anyway, but at what point you're just I should just make them again, you know? Yeah. I get it. Totally. All right, and finally from So Sweet Fashion. We have couture sewing finishes and focusing on slow sewing. I'm so used to trying to speed through the making process and don't take the time I like, like, sorry, and don't take the time like I used to to just enjoy the process. Sewing is my therapy and making the time and space to truly enjoy it is not only good for my sewing skills and habits, but my mental health as well. And I think that that is such a good point. It's Mm -hmm. so important. Um, I had a discussion with my husband uh, uh, couple of weeks ago about how if I if I start to get frustrated I need to stop because that's when sewing stops being fun and so I put it down and I walk away Mm -hmm. um which is not what he does he usually keeps sewing and getting more frustrated and those are that's the difference between how we function that's what I do for sure (laughs) (laughs) all right um We usually try to match our questions to what we were talking about in the episode, but since we were mostly talking about us in this episode, I wasn't quite sure where to go with that. So this episode, we're actually going to ask you, why do you like to listen to Sew and Tell? Yeah. Um, Please give me some compliments. I'd like to hear some compliments. I've had a hard week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or you can, I I mean, if you don't have a compliment that also answers the question, please feel free. Um, Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work, but give it a try. Yeah. Why do you like to listen to us? And we hope you have a lovely, lovely week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope that we uh, interested you with our questions and answers. And uh, we'll get some out of Amanda next time we have a chance. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Bye, everyone. Happy sewing. For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Our consulting producer is Ron Doyle, and our executive producer is Jared Mayer.